Today is July 11th, Tuesday of the 14th week in Ordinary Time. Our antiphon for the Mass today comes from Psalm 48. Your merciful love, O God, we have received in the midst of your temple. Your praise, O God, like your name, reaches the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with saving justice. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. A demoniac who could not speak was brought to Jesus, and when the demon was driven out, the mute man spoke. The crowds were amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He drives out demons by the prince of demons. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned, like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sins. Amen. My dear friends, our two readings at Mass today, one is about idols from the prophet Hosea, chapter 8, and he's telling them that their idols will lead them into destruction. And the Gospel is about preaching the Word of God preaching about the gospel of the kingdom of God to all the world. So in trying to bring these two readings together, I think I'll draw on one of our great blessings of our lifetimes, which is the Catechism of the Second Vatican Council. And I think if I use this paragraph here from the Catechism of the Second Vatican Council to help us focus and bring these two ideas, these two readings together. And the reference number is number 899 in the section about the laity. And it's talking about the laity having initiative. And it's necessary for them to have initiative. And it says this, The initiative of lay Christians is necessary, especially when the matter involves discovering or inventing the means for permeating social, political, and economic realities with the demands of the Christian doctrine and life. This initiative is a normal element of the life of the church. See, the, the vocation of, of the laity is to permeate the world in its social, political, and economic dimensions with the Holy Gospel, to permeate the world with the Gospel. In fact, that's the vocation of religious and ordained and any way you can lay people and marry people, it is our mission is to permeate this world with the Holy Gospel. And this is the focus of the church. It's the norm. This is the normal element of the life of the church. So we're all called to that. We all live it out in different ways. Religious live it out one way, and 
priest to live it out another, religious priests live it out another way. There are deacons, consecrated virgins, married people, single people. Each person lives that out in a slightly different way, but the goal of permeating the world with the gospel is the same. Same goal. What gets in the way of this goal for a people? That's where our reading from Hosea comes in, warning them about making idols. And you may think of idols as something in the past. People made idols out of metal and worshipped them, but I would disagree with that if you think it's only in the past. You know, superheroes are very important to us today. They're, they're all over our culture, and if there's two superpowers that each human person has... I think they would be, one, rationalizing our sins, and two, making idols. We're really good at both of those things. We can rationalize or justify our actions so well, and we can also make an idol. We can have an idol, something that takes the place of God, slip into our lives, and suddenly we do not have permeating the world with the gospel as the center of our life. For example, our culture now in the world is so interested in entertainment, self-entertainment. There's so many ways that we entertain ourselves every day. And we can and if that just becomes a center of our life instead of the Christian doctrine and the Christian life and the spiritual practices, if something like self-entertainment takes over our lives, then it's become an idol. And there are a lot of things that can take over our lives what's the solution well we have to keep a balance in our lives so we have to keep you know self entertainment relaxation those kind of things are important they're healthy they're necessary it's a part of our life but we've got to balance that with prayer and study and community and ministering in the name of Jesus we have to balance our self-entertainment and our relaxation with the work of the gospel and in the work of permeating the world with the gospel. For those who do not, Hosea says, it is like sowing seeds in the wind and whoever sows their seeds in the wind will reap a whirlwind. And conversely, whoever sows the seeds of the gospel in the world and in their lives will reap eternal life. The Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Today is Sunday, August 9th, 2020, the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Alleluia, Alleluia, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits for His word. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you and with your spirit a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory be to you, O Lord. After he had fled the people, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, 
They were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O ye, you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sins. Amen. My dear friends, I want to use our opening prayer today to give us focus and to give us a way to think about these readings for this Sunday. The part of the prayer is, Father, we pray to bring us to perfection in our hearts, to bring to perfection in our hearts the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised. This idea of being adopted by God, sometimes called divine adoption, sometimes called divine filiation, that we are made part of the family of God. This happens when we are baptized. When we are baptized, we are brought into God's family, and we become part of God's family, not by nature, not by what we are, but by God's grace. And this is something that's impossible except for God's grace. So God, at our baptism, God spiritually adopts us. God brings us into his family. And this starts a process of perfection or holiness, being made holy, being made into a saint, being made perfected, being perfected by grace, or perfect, being perfected. It's a process that starts in our starts at baptism, because at baptism we get all these gifts of the Holy Spirit into us in seed form, and then throughout our life now they begin to grow, and they begin to be perfected by God's grace, and we begin to be made perfect, perfect in the sense of holiness. We, get, we are made into saints. We become the people that God has created us to be. And this is from our baptism on. This is from divine adoption, which leads into our union with God. Our divine filiation leads to uh, divinization. We become one with God. This shows us today, this opening prayer, the purpose of our life. You know, and once we know the purpose of something, once we know the purpose of something, then how we achieve that purpose is just the mechanics. And, and that's what the readings show us today the mechanics of how do we get to be in, in union with God or to be divinized, to, to be made one with God. St. Teresa of Avila says so beautifully, if you want to live well, pray well. <laughs> and, if you want to, and when you pray well, you will live well. So this idea of these mechanics of how we get to be brought into union with God. And there's three beautiful teachings in our readings today. From the first book of Kings, chapter 19, we hear the story of Elijah who hears God. He listens to God. He hears him in the silence. He hears God. 
And this teaches us we must, too, must take time in our life to hear God, to listen to God. There are times in prayer when we speak, and there are times in prayer when we don't speak, when we just listen to what God would have us to do. You know, the scriptures clearly say, you know, speak, Lord, your servant listens. But for some people in their prayer life, it's, listen, Lord, your servant speaks. And we don't want to go there. We want to go to having times of silence in our prayer life, times of listening to God. And we have to stop what we're doing sometimes and during the day or in the evening or in the morning. We have to stop what we would normally do and instead make a sacrifice for that time for God, time to listen to Him in prayer. And these are the deeper kinds of prayer. You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look in the Catechism in section 4. These are the deeper kinds of prayer. Mental prayer, sometimes called meditation, and contemplative prayer. Mental prayer is praying to God by thinking about Him, by thinking about Him, or ima having imaginative uh, uh, ideas about Him, thinking about God. And contemplative prayer is prayer of the heart. So there's times in our prayer life of speaking, times of thinking, and times of praying with the heart, times of listening to God. And we need that in our life. As Elijah teaches us today, we need to listen to God. St. Paul, in his gospel reading, uh, in his reading from the, excuse me, from the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans, says he'd like to give his life for the Jewish people. If he could give his life, if he could be separated from God for all eternity so that the Jewish people could be saved, he would do it. He's, he's saying how much he's in pain that they're not accepting Christ. And he would give his life, his eternal life, if they would only accept the Lord Jesus. And this is the principle here. Is he's making an offering of his life to God. He's offering his life to God for someone else. This is so important in the spiritual life. It's what we do every day at Mass. You know, we offer, we offer our life to God at every holy mass. We unite our, our life to Jesus on the cross who offers it to the Father. And by through this action, this repeated action of offering God our life, we are spiritually changed. You know, that's why everything comes out of, every, everything we give at the church, it comes out of the people, comes out of the congregation. We give money. The collection represents our life. We give bread and wine. That represents our life. We are giving our life to God. And even outside of Mass, to make a habit of offering our life to God every day. That morning offering. Offering God all your thoughts, words, and actions in honor of God's name. To glorify God. Uniting yourself to every Mass said throughout the world today. There's this beautiful practice called the morning offering. And you know what, friends? You don't just have to do it in the morning. You could do that many times during the day, making your life an offering. So the first thing I spoke about was listening to God. That's L. This is my acronym today, L-O-R. The first one was L, listening. The second one is O, offering God our life. And the R is for receiving. We see in the gospel, we see Peter. He's doing what I'm talking about. First he listens, he hears the voice of Jesus. And then he steps out of the boat, steps out of the boat onto the sea. So he's, he, he's got great courage, right? Great faith. How many of us would do that? But he did it. He steps out onto the sea and he is offering his life to God. See, because he, he's supposed to walk on water, but he, he, he offers his life to God. And then he begins to falter 
And what does he do? He calls out, Lord, save me. And that's the third principle. And Jesus reached out with his hand, and, and he received the hand of Jesus in his hand. And that's the third principle. We have to call out for God's help and receive it. We have to receive all the blessings that God has for us and receive all the grace that God has for us. See, my dear friends, this is even a beginning way of prayer for us. This is how we even pray. Notice it's three, L-O-R, like Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. You could say, you know, uh, listen, God, give me the grace to listen to you today. Holy Spirit, I offer you my life today. I offer my life to the Holy Trinity. Jesus, I receive you today. Or, or loving Father, may I receive all the blessings which you have for me and my family today. It's a, it's a beginning way to pray even. And that is, of course, the secret of the spiritual life. Asking the Holy Spirit, asking God for the things that we need. And we keep asking. And the thing is, God begins to give them to us. Now here's some, I want to close with this. It's wisdom from a nine-year-old girl wrote this. A nine-year-old girl wrote this down. And here it is. And let this profound saying sink into your life. I don't want to waste my time here on this earth. When you're put here, it's for a reason. The Lord wants you to do something. If you don't know what, then you've got to try hard to find out what. It may take time. You may make mistakes. But if you pray, he'll lead you to your direction. He won't hand you a piece of paper with a map on it. No, sir. He'll whisper something. At first, you may not even hear. But if you have trust in him and you keep turning to him, it will be all right. Today is Sunday, August 9th, 2020, the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Alleluia, alleluia, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits for his word. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you, and with your spirit, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory be to you, O Lord. After he had fled the people, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O ye, you of little faith, why did you doubt? 
After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. May the words of the Holy Gospel blot out our sins. Amen. My dear friends, I want to use our opening prayer today to give us focus and to give us a way to think about these readings for this Sunday. The part of the prayer is, Father, we pray to bring us to perfection in our hearts, to bring to perfection in our hearts the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters, that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised. This idea of being adopted by God, sometimes called divine adoption, sometimes called divine filiation, that we are made part of the family of God. This happens when we are baptized. When we are baptized, we are brought into God's family, and we become part of God's family, not by nature, not by what we are, but by God's grace. And this is something that's impossible except for God's grace. So God, at our baptism, God spiritually adopts us. God brings us into his family, and this starts a process of perfection or holiness, being made holy, being made into a saint, being made perfected, being perfected by grace, or perfect, being perfected. It's a process that starts in our starts at baptism, because at baptism we get all these gifts of the Holy Spirit into us in seed form, and then throughout our life now they begin to grow, and they begin to be perfected by God's grace, and we begin to be made perfect, perfect in the sense of holiness, we, get, we are made into saints. We become the people that God has created us to be. And this is from our baptism on. This is from divine adoption, which leads into our union with God. Our divine filiation leads to uh, divinization. We become one with God. This shows us today, this opening prayer, the purpose of our life. You know, and once we know the purpose of something... Once we know the purpose of something, then how we achieve that purpose is just the mechanics. And, and that's what the readings show us today, the mechanics of how do we get to be in, in union with God or to be divinized, to, to be made one with God. St. Teresa of Avila says so beautifully, if you want to live well, pray well. <laughs> and, if you want to, and when you pray well, you will live well. So this idea of these mechanics of how we get to be brought into union with God. And there's three beautiful teachings in our readings today. From the first book of Kings, chapter 19, we hear the story of Elijah, who hears God, he listens to God, he hears Him. In the silence, he hears God. And this teaches us we must, too, must take time in our life to hear God, to listen to God. There are times in prayer when we speak, and there are times in prayer when we don't speak, when we just listen to what God would have us to do. You know, the scriptures clearly say, you know, speak, Lord, your servant listens. But for some people in their prayer life, it's, listen, Lord, your servant speaks. And we don't want to go there. We want to go to having times of silence in our prayer life, times of listening to God. And we have to stop what we're doing sometimes and during the day or in the evening or in the morning. We have to stop what we would normally do and instead make a sacrifice for that time for God, time to listen to Him in prayer. 
And these are the deeper kinds of prayer. You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look in the Catechism in Section 4. These are the deeper kinds of prayer. Mental prayer, sometimes called meditation, and contemplative prayer. Mental prayer is praying to God by thinking about Him, by thinking about Him, or ima having imaginative uh, uh, ideas about Him, thinking about God. And contemplative prayer is prayer of the heart. So there's times in our prayer life of speaking, times of thinking, and times of praying with the heart, times of listening to God. And we need that in our life. As Elijah teaches us today, we need to listen to God. St. Paul, in his gospel reading, uh, in his reading from the, excuse me, from the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans, says he'd like to give his life for the Jewish people. If he could give his life, if he could be separated from God for all eternity so that the Jewish people could be saved, he would do it. He's, he's saying how much he's in pain that they're not accepting Christ, and he would give his life, his eternal life, if they would only accept the Lord Jesus. And this is the principle here is he's making an offering of his life to God. He's offering his life to God for someone else. This is so important in the spiritual life. It's what we do every day at Mass. You know, we offer, we offer our life to God at every Holy Mass. We unite our, our life to Jesus on the cross who offers it to the Father. And by, through this action, this repeated action of offering God our life, we are spiritually changed. You know, that's why everything comes out of, every, everything we give at the church, it comes out of the people, comes out of the congregation. We give money. The collection represents our life. We give bread and wine. That represents our life. We are giving our life to God. And even outside of Mass, to make a habit of offering our life to God every day. That morning offering, offering God all your thoughts, words, and actions in honor of God's name to glorify God. Uniting yourself to every Mass said throughout the world today. There's this beautiful practice called the morning offering. And you know what, friends? You don't just have to do it in the morning. You can do that many times during the day, making your life an offering. So the first thing I spoke about was listening to God. That's L. This is my acronym today, L-O-R. The first one was L, listening. The second one is O, offering God our life. And the R is for receiving. We see in the gospel, we see Peter. He's doing what I'm talking about. First he listens, he hears the voice of Jesus. And then he steps out of the boat, steps out of the boat onto the sea. So he's, he, he's got great courage, right? Great faith. How many of us would do that? But he did it. He steps out onto the sea and he is offering his life to God. See, because he's supposed to walk on water, but he, he, he offers his life to God. And then he begins to falter. And what does he do? He calls out, Lord, save me. And that's the third principle. And Jesus reached out with his hand, and, and he received the hand of Jesus in his hand. And that's the third principle. We have to call out for God's help and receive it. We have to receive all the blessings that God has for us and receive all the grace that God has for us. See, my dear friends, this is even a beginning way of prayer for us. This is how we even pray. Notice it's three, L-O-R, like Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. You could say, you know, uh, listen, God, give me the grace to listen to you today. Holy Spirit, 
I offer you my life today. I offer my life to the Holy Trinity. Jesus, I receive you today. Or, or loving Father, may I receive all the blessings which you have for me and my family today. It's a, it's a beginning way to pray even. And that is, of course, the secret of the spiritual life. Asking the Holy Spirit, asking God for the things that we need. And we keep asking. And the thing is, God begins to give them to us. Now here's some, I want to close with this. It's wisdom from a nine-year-old girl wrote this. A nine-year-old girl wrote this down. And here it is. And let this profound saying sink into your life. I don't want to waste my time here on this earth. When you're put here, it's for a reason. The Lord wants you to do something. If you don't know what, then you've got to try hard to find out what. It may take time. You may make mistakes. But if you pray, he'll lead you to your direction. He won't hand you a piece of paper with a map on it. No, sir. He'll whisper something. At first, you may not even hear. But if you have trust in him and you keep turning to him, it will be all right.